Welcome to another inspirational podcast from Junction 28 Church. We're so glad that you've decided to join us today and know that God wants to bless you with this message. We'd love to hear about it, so why not tell us on our Facebook or Twitter pages? If you would like further information about who we are, check out our website www.thejunction28church.com. We hope you enjoy this message. So if you turn your Bibles with me to Jeremiah chapter 1, and we're going to look around a few verses from Jeremiah chapter 1 this morning. You know, there's some wonderful things in Jeremiah. There's some wonderful truths, some wonderful promises that you can hold on to for yourself because God says every promise in this book is for you. So we're going to read from, we'll we'll skip all the big words and we'll go straight in at verse 4. So the word of the Lord came to me, that's Jeremiah speaking. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I am too young. You must go everywhere I send you and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. So we're going to look at this, just this little bit today, with some of the verses thrown in. Three instructions or demands or whatever you want to call it that God gave to Jeremiah in this passage. Three things. So you know when I get to the last one, you know, we're coming to an end. First of all, the first thing Jeremiah said was, I'm too young. I'm too young. I don't know how to speak. Who does that remind you of? A few books away in the Old Testament, Moses said almost exactly the same thing, didn't he? But I can't speak. I'm not eloquent of speech. That doesn't matter to God. But the more we speak out what we seem to be our weakness, the more we listen to ourselves, and the more we convince ourselves that we really can't do it. Stop voicing your disqualification. Stop saying, I can't. You say, I can. You've sung this morning, this, I can do anything. Through him, I, through you, I can do anything. Do you know that's from Jeremiah as well? Did you know that? Debs asked me last night if there was a particular song I'd like, and I said this one. And she said, oh, I've already got that on the list. You know, I can do anything through you. The same God who formed Jeremiah in the womb and told him that he had set him apart. He'd set him apart. He'd sanctified him. He'd dedicated him. He told him that he was going to be a voice. He was appointed as a prophet to the nations at a young age. You know, God still continues to call people as his prophets to the nations, to call people to missions, to call people to stand for justice, to call people to go out to Iraq and put their arms around a child. He's still calling people today to do his will. Don't allow your age, whether you're old or young, because I get told off if I say I'm too old to do anything, although I have refused to go roller skating with the kids yesterday. (laughs) (laughs) They're they're six and and eight, so if they can go roller skating, I can watch. Whatever your age, whatever you think might be holding holding you back, when God's got a calling and destiny on your life, don't look at what you can't do. 
Look at what you can do with God on your side. God can do anything through your surrendered heart if you'll give it back to him. Don't make excuses for not listening to God's voice. Oh, he can't be speaking to me. It doesn't mean me. It means somebody else. It means that person sitting next to me. No, God's talking to you. Don't make excuses. So God called Jeremiah. He trained him. He sent him out by his spirit faithfully to speak the words that he's given. And it's the same for us. If you're a Christian today, God's got a call on your life. He saw you in your mother's womb. He knew the day when you would accept him as your savior. He knows that you're here in this meeting this morning. He just knows everything about us. It's just so wonderful. It's not just for Jeremiah. It's for us as well. When you were born and as we've grown, God has placed things into our lives. He's placed talents and abilities and um, our personality. And he's placed them there for a reason. He's placed them there so that we might serve one another and thereby serve him. We're all unique. The talents that I've got, you couldn't do. I can do lovely knitting. But I'm rubbish at making a carrot cake like Julie. But we've got talents and abilities. And it's the same in our spiritual life. God's given us this wonderful mix within our church that we can cover all bases, if you like, because he's put different things in you than what he's put in me. Romans 12 says this, verse 4. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. Do you know that? I belong to you. I'm part of your family, and you're part of mine. She's brilliant. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. It is with teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. I'm sure you can all pick up on one of those things. Because God's put that in you. And it's to serve each other and so serve him. We need the body to be strong so that as a church we can go forward in strength to win the lost. We are Christ's body on earth. He can only work through us, but first we have to hand over all those gifts and talents and abilities and be prepared to say, just use me, Lord. Show me that slot where I can serve you and my brothers and sisters, where we can serve one another and serve Jesus, our servant king. You know, too often that excuse comes on our lips, the same as Jeremiah, I can't, because. Oh, I can't do that, because. Church, let's start to be proactive in the way we look for roles that we can fulfill. Don't look for things and then give up, think, well, I couldn't do that anyway. Tell you what, go and try it first. Go and try it first. If you've, I've heard people say, oh, I've always had a heart for children's work. Well, what are you doing? Go and join the children's work. Go and see what you can do. Unless you've tried it, there's no harm in trying anything. Because if then you decide, this really isn't the slot for me, that's fine. You'll know. But try it. Try and do something within, within the church to serve within this body. Don't let any feelings of inadequacy or inexperience stop you. But trust God to provide for all you need for that role. Paul says in Philippians, doesn't he? 
I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things. Just like Jeremiah, you know, God said, you can do this. He says, oh, I can't. But Paul's come to that state where he realizes that, yeah, he can do all things because God's going to give him strength. So what have I entitled that first bit? Don't say I can't, number one. Don't say I can't. Number two. Verse 7 of that passage that we read says this, you must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Now, there's a clue there. There's the word command. It's not an option. It doesn't say if you feel like it, if you're having a good day. He says, go to everyone, go to wherever I command you. Go and say. Go, say my word. Now, Jesus gave us a similar commission as Christians, didn't he, when he went back to heaven. Matthew 28, 18 says this, And Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and earth is being given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. You know, as far as I know, that command's never been rescinded. It still applies. It still it gave it to his disciples, but that's been passed on to us as the church. That's our commission. That's our go and say. Go and say. Remember, Jeremiah was a prophet. So God gave him a specific message for a specific people for the nation at that time. And he was not popular. That's why the sign for Jeremiah is the wailing prophet, the weeping prophet. Because people didn't like him. He's going around giving this bad news. Oh, this is going to happen. You're going to be taken into captivity. We don't want to know. Don't tell us all that stuff. We don't want to know. Most of his stuff was doom and gloom stuff. His message to Israel and, and Judah was hard to give. Reform or else. Repent. Keep my laws. Stop serving idols. Obey me. And God even told him that when you tell the people, they're not going to listen. You know, there's no wonder he was weeping. He got a message to give and nobody wanted to know. Because he brought news the people did not want to hear. They rejected him. No one likes bad news, do they? And there were other prophets at the time telling people the opposite thing. So who did they believe? They went for the good guys. They went for those who got the good news. But just look at our world today. Aren't we in the same situation? What do we believe? You turn your televisions on, you look on the internet, you see what's happening in this country, in America, and in other countries. What do we believe? It just all seems like doom and gloom. We don't know where the world's going. And I'm sure these people at this time didn't either. They got the Babylonians, they got the Egyptians surrounding them. They didn't know what was going to happen. And neither do we. We don't know what the situation will be in our country. We've already had one financial crash. We don't know what's coming. But God had told him to be obedient in giving his message. And so would me. Must we? Because we have the very best message to give. When all else is falling apart and doom and gloom in this country and others, we have the best message because we have a hope within us. We have that hope of eternal life. We have Jesus as our saviour. That's the best news that we could possibly pass on, isn't it? It's the best news. 
that people can become a, a follower of Jesus, that be, they can get saved, that they can have him, the Holy Spirit living within them. You know, God had commanded him, and so he learned to be obedient. doesn't come naturally in, in us. We've all got that rebel inside us, haven't we? But he learned to be obedient. And he went through a lot to keep that commandment, you know. I would challenge you to read the book of Jeremiah. I think there's only 50-something chapters. But a lot of it is like poetry. It is beautiful, beautiful to read. And you will get, like me, underline lots of verses. Because Jesus quoted from Jeremiah, you know, quite a few times. And a lot of the songs and quotes that we have are from the book of Jeremiah. And you'll be reading it, you'll suddenly think, Ooh, huh, that's that. Some of the most beautiful things are in this. But God told him three things that he got to walk in obedience. He said to him, Jeremiah, don't get married and have children. How hard is that? Don't get married and have children. He did this to illustrate that judgment was pending and this generation was going to be swept away. But it was a hard command. He was put in stocks and he was beaten. He was imprisoned. He was put in a dry cistern, a dry well in the courtyard. But even there, he didn't give up. He, he kept on. He walked in obedience. He was ridiculed and shunned. You know, we think it's bad if somebody says two words, oh, you're a Christian, are you? That's all it takes. And we, we crumble. We don't, you know, we won't speak back. But this man was ridiculed. He was shunned. He had few friends. He had four, in fact, four friends, if you read the book. That's it. I think I've got more than that, just a bit. <laughs> and some of the people on Facebook have got like 200, but, you know, <laughs> not as bad as that. Yet he walked in obedience and delivered the message God gave him over a lifetime of service. You read the book. He went through an awful lot of suffering, hardship. There were big events in, in Jeremiah's life, but he still go and say. God said to him, Go and say to the king, this is what's going to happen. Ooh, that's a bit hard. Go and say to these officials in government, this is what's going to happen. Go and say to the leaders, this is what's going to happen. It was hard. It was a hard job that God gave him. And, you know, sometimes God asks us such a small thing, such a small thing to say, Go and say a word of encouragement to that brother or sister that you know that's struggling. He'll ask us a small thing like, go and say your testimony to that man you sit with on the bus or that woman you sit with in the canteen at work. Tell them about your testimony. He'll say, go and say, is there anything I can do to help you to someone that you know is struggling at the moment? People don't ask, do they? They do. You know, sometimes we don't ask for help. But if you can say that, go and say, is there any way I can help you? That's your go and say. We can't all go out on the street corners and stand preaching, can we? But we can go and say, as Jeremiah did, in our own way. And don't worry about anything that's going to happen to you. Because, you know, God said to Jeremiah, I'm going to put these words in your mouth. Verse 9 of Jeremiah 1 says, then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I have put my words in your mouth. If you are serving God, if you are speaking out for him, he'll put the words in your mouth, trust me. Because sometimes I've witnessed to people and I've thought, oh, where did that come from? 
And this is what Jesus said, Matthew 10, verse 19. But when they arrest you, do not worry about what to say or how to say it. At that time, you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the spirit of your father speaking through you. Oh, that's a promise for us. That's a good promise. Underline that one in your Bible. Won't be you speaking, but will be the spirit of your father speaking through you. Go and say. Don't be afraid. Go and say. And let God put his words in your mouth. Right, page three. We're getting through these. So we've had, don't say no. Don't say I can't. Go and say. And the third thing I want to tell you from Jeremiah is this. Refuse to fear. Refuse to fear. Verse 8 says this, do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. You know, Jesus himself said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to leave us. He was with Jeremiah. He's still with us today in whatever situation. We've been singing, haven't we? God is fighting for us. God is on our side. Do you believe it? Yeah. This morning, go out with that feeling in your heart, with that refusal to fear. And then tomorrow, and you get up in the morning, and you turn the TV on, and you watch whatever you watch, and the Sunday feeling starts to sink when you realize you've got to be at work, and you've got to hurry, and all the rest of it. Fear is something that takes over, and then we become afraid to speak, and we become afraid to say what God wants us to say. But we can overcome fear. Jeremiah was put to a lot more things than we are. He was put to ridicule, poverty, hunger, ill health. He had a lot of things that he could have been fearful about. But God said to him, do not be afraid of them because I, will, I am with you and will rescue you. I was once in a, a management program a, a lot of years ago and we had this guy come around for a week and he had to sit with each manager and ask you stupid questions, as I put it. Um, I don't do those sort of meetings, really. But he came out at the end of it. He asked you a lot of questions. And then each manager was given an appraisal of what they were like as a manager. And mine came out that I had a fear of failure. Oh, woo. This is me in the workplace, a fear of failure. And I had to analyze it. I don't think I did, really. He had to put something. A fear of failure. Is that you? That was Jeremiah as well. If you look at it, there's many times when he asked, oh, I'm, I can't do this anymore. He had this fear of failure. Things haven't changed. People's hearts are still the same today as they were in those days. We still feel these same things. We still fear the same things. It's just the settings that have changed. We're in the 21st century, but our hearts are still the same. But the amazing thing is that God is still the same. Hebrews 13.8 tells us Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. You know it. You know that verse. Cling to it every day. You know, he is the same. What he did for Jeremiah, what Jesus did when he was on earth, it's the same today. Make up your mind to refuse to fear. Refusing to fear means trusting God in everything, 100%. It's a daily journey, I know, but you couldn't do it all at once. The situation may still be the same, but you'll be able to, to handle it better when you look at that situation through faith, not fear. And though Jeremiah, you know, he didn't carry a physical weapon, but he had something that was 
much more powerful than having a physical weapon. And in one of the chapters in Jeremiah, he, he says this. It's in, in chapter 20, verse 9. And he's really getting really fed up, and he's ranting at God. And he says, if I say I will not mention his word or speak it anymore in his name, his word is in my heart like a fire, a fire in my bones. I am weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. So what is he saying? He's saying, well, actually, I'm fed up with all this, but I can't stop myself because God is in me. That spirit is in me. He carried a fire and he couldn't hold it in. Christians, the Holy Spirit is in us. God gave him to us as a deposit when we were saved. When you made that commitment to become a Christian, when you asked Jesus to come into your heart to forgive you and to restore you, he, the Holy Spirit came into you. John, uh, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 1, verse 21, says, Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. I like a guarantee. I like a guarantee, don't you? It's a guarantee of what's to come. And what's to come is even better. But his spirit is in each one of us. He is in us and fights for us and gives us the words to say and comforts us in all situations. Stir up that spirit in you daily. And let him teach and correct and enable you for all the work he has for you. Because that's his job. That's the Holy Spirit's job, to do that work in us. In the, Holy, in the Bible, the, the Holy Spirit is, is often seen as a fire. Look what happened at Pentecost. The cloven tongues of fire came down. It's something that, you know, when he says it's a fire burning in him, that's the first thing that, that came to my mind, the, the Pentecost. And look what happened at Pentecost. That fire couldn't be stopped, could it? It was the Holy Spirit in him, in Jeremiah, that released him from this fear, this doubt, the feeling of anxiety and rejection, the threats, because the word was in him. And we serve the same God. The same power is in us. And God provides for us just as he did for Jeremiah. So this week, I want you to determine to say, I can not I can't. I want you to go and say, and I want you to refuse to fear. I think you can do that this morning, this week. Remembering all this, you're not alone. We are family, J28, brothers and sisters in Christ, to love and serve and comfort one another. You know, later on in the story of Jeremiah, he was put in this dry cistern in the courtyard. They were just so sick of hearing him. They didn't, you know, let's Get, let's put this man out of, the, out of the way. So there was a dry well. It must have been quite deep because they had to lower him into it with ropes. And it said that all there was in the bottom was mud. There was no water in it. And he sank into the mud. And there he was. And he thought to himself, if you read it, I just starved to death here. This will be it. I just starved to death. But no, he had one friend who went to the king and spoke to the king on his behalf. That friend was um, Ebed Melech. And he spoke to the king, and the king said, okay, he can be released. So this friend went and found some old clothing, some rags, and some ropes. And he lowered them down to Jeremiah, and he said, put these old rags and ropes under your, under your arms so that we can pull you out. 
so that we can pull you out of this cistern. Sometimes we feel like that, don't we? Even, even as Christians, we feel like we spent all week sitting in the mud, asking someone to throw us a rope. Because that's our situation. We don't know how to get out of it. We're in this situation and we feel stuck. Look up. Because your brothers and sisters in the church are here to throw you a rope. They're here to support you. They're here to pull you out of that situation. They're here to pray with you, to bring encouragement to you, just to love you. But you need to look up and let us know. If you're in that situation, if you feel that's you sitting in that well, Come and speak to someone this morning. Don't go out if you need that support and encouragement for the coming week. You may be here for the first time this morning. You may not even know why you're here. You've just turned up. You may have never heard about Jesus. Is that you this morning? And as we thought about Jeremiah this morning, did you know that God loved you before you were born? That in love he sent Jesus to stand in your place and pay the price for your sin, for everything you've ever done wrong, that you can be forgiven by a simple prayer. Did you know that? Does it feel like you're sitting in the mud, in that cistern, in a dark place, with no escape? Well, I can tell you this morning to look up. There was nothing to look at around Jeremiah as he sat in that cistern. He looked at the mud at his feet and he looked at the walls around him. The only place was to look up. And looking up was where his hope came from. 